0: appreciate that. Awesome. All right. There we go. Uh, so for those of you online, thank you for hanging in there with us for a minute and, uh, everybody here. Thank you. Um, I want to, I want to just go ahead and share some scripture, uh, if that's okay. Uh, that, uh, I think is pertinent to, uh, the night pertinent to good Friday pertinent to the weekend. Um, and, uh, what God has done and, um, yeah, I want to go to the book of John, chapter 19. And uh, in John 19, uh, we see uh, playing out uh, the sacrifice that Christ made. Um, I think about the thought of watching my child go through something horrible. And the fact that God the Father would not just a allow it, but send his son to do what we're about to read is honestly just kind of beyond comprehension for me. Um, I want to read this with you. John chapter 19, we're going to read from verse 1 through verse 6. We're going to kind of uh, jump through the passage here and, and read parts of it here. But uh, John 1 says this, John 19, 1. It says, then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. And the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and struck him with their hands. Pilate went out and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him. Crucify him. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The act of mocking Jesus the beating that he would take before he ever got to the cross is unbelievable. Unbelievable. And I think for us, I think to myself, you know, I've heard the story of Christ, and I've heard the story of the cross so many times in my life that I think at times for me personally, I... It's like I've disengaged the realness of what's really happening here. You know what I'm talking about? It's like there's certain times in life when something happens around you, and you're like, what in the world? I found myself in one of those moments recently. I was at a concert, and the concert was over with, and me and several folks from church actually were together at the concert, and we were leaving the concert, and as we were leaving the concert, we're out in the foyer of the venue, and in the middle of what was going on i have no idea why we never did really know but these two women two two women just start beating on each other i mean just cat fighting we see hair flying there's beers flying all kinds of craziness and like we're just kind of like at the very edge of like where this is happening i immediately froze and was just like and literally, the first thing that went through my mind was, I should be putting this on Facebook Live. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know why, because everybody needs to see this, right? You know, <sighs> what a ridiculous world we live in, right? But I, I, just in that moment, as simple as that was, with what was going on, I think one of the things that I find you know intriguing about that moment for me personally is is that we read about violence we see it on tv but when we see something like that in real life it's completely different and i think for so many of us i think i think even just reading through reading that they p- twisted together a crown of thorns put it on his head arrayed him with a purple robe they're mocking him they're making fun of him. Here's your crown, king of the Jews. Here's your robe, king of the Jews. John 19, 16 goes on. It says, so he delivered him over. Talking about Pilate delivering Jesus. Delivered him over to be crucified. So they took Jesus and he went out bearing his own cross to the place Called the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and, <coughs> and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. It was a joke was a joke, making a joke out of Jesus, making a joke out of someone's death. Jesus had to carry his cross after being beaten. I could go into a lot of detail of the beating that Jesus took that day, but just to cut to the chase, it's the kind of beating that literally kills most people. Jesus physically had to have been in incredible shape to have handled the beating that he took, that literally the things they did to him, that the flesh that was tore from his body, not just skin, I'm talking about muscle and all these things to the point that would have been bearing bone on his back. And then he's going to carry his cross. Of course, we know from the other Gospels that someone comes along and helps him carry his cross. And Then in John 19, verse 25, it says this. It says, "...but standing by the cross of Jesus, where his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene, When Jesus saw His mother and the disciple whom He loved standing nearby, He said to His mother, Woman, behold your son. Then He said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to His home. I think this is interesting. I'm imagining what it must have been like for Christ who was fully human, but yet at the same time fully God, to have this moment where he's on the cross, and he knows what he's doing there. And he's known that this is what he came for. And he knows that when he looks down and he sees his mother, that this woman who loves him and cares for him is having to watch this in real life her son be beaten crucified blood pouring down him and he looks down at her and he says woman behold your son is it what what behold your son he is her son but he's he's saying something here he's saying to his friend then to his disciple behold your mother And what we see here is we see mom, my friend there, my friend, my mom there, you guys. I want you guys to be there for each other. I want you to be there for my mom. That's what he's saying. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. the emotion that jesus i'm sure was experiencing was something unlike un- anything we could imagine especially given the fact of what he's going through physically i mean i, I can't even imagine mentally where he's at at this point then we get to john 19:28 it says after this jesus knowing that all was now finished said to fulfill the scripture i thirst a jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head, and he gave up his spirit. There's a lot to be said even about this little passage of scripture. But one of the things that we see here is we see a fulfilling of scripture, which we continually see through the things that are happening, especially through how Christ dies on the cross and some of the things that he says, ask for some of the things that happen to him or don't happen to him, such as not having his legs broken and all this. And you can read more about that there in the book of John. But... What we see here in this moment is, you know, why would Jesus take the sour wine? And I'm just imagining the hours, the hours, the afternoon that Jesus hung on the cross. All that time, people staring, watching him die. And at this point, for him, not just physically, but, but literally like, How parched he must have been, and how hard it must have been to even speak. That he whispers the words that fulfill the scripture, I thirst, and then takes that drink, maybe just to say those last words, It is finished. It is finished. Folks, let me help us to understand something. When Jesus died, he didn't do this where he had to come back and do it again. It's done. It's done. And that's, that's a beautiful thing for us, and that's a beautiful thing for our sin, when we take an account to the fact that our sin has been covered once and for all. Once and for all. And I know the temptation for us is to think, oh, well, you know, I I really messed up again. You know, well, God's probably not happy with me now. You know, probably messed messed up my relationship with the Lord. Listen, God loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his son to do this for you and for me. And when Jesus said, it is finished, that was it. Nobody will ever be able to do what he did. Nobody ever has to do what he did. Because in what he did, we got pardoned for the death that we deserve. He took it for us. For the death that our sin deserves, he took it for us. All him. No us. (laughs) We can't do anything to earn it. He did it because he loves us. John 19, verse 31, we continue to see fulfilling of Scripture. And I want to read this part of the passage and just so that we can see it together tonight. And it says this, it says, Since it was the day of preparation, and so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate, And he knows that he is telling the truth, that you also may believe, for these things took place that the Scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones would be broken. And again, another Scripture says that they look on him whom they have pierced. And I think about the sight of that. The sight of what Mary saw, what his friends saw, what these people saw. Again, this isn't TV. Our desensitization to stuff like that, I think, makes us sometimes just kind of really forget like, how gruesome this whole site was. And they keep going. John 19, verse 38, and it says this, And after these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took away his body. So because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. They laid Jesus there. A grave. A tomb. I watched one of the guys in our church today be buried. While watching his wife and his three girls stand there their dad was laid in the ground that was real that was real a burial seeing someone you know who has passed from here but at least in Devon's situation I'm so grateful for this to know that he passed on to eternal life with our Lord. What an amazing thing. And the truth is, yet still, when we watch people die sometimes, especially people that we love, and this was true for me today when I walked up to the casket to look at Devin for just a second, I I thought to myself, this just doesn't seem real. I should see him sitting over there. That's what I should see. Goofy and, and cutting up and stuff like that. It just doesn't seem real. But when we see these things in person, the violence, someone getting slapped at the awards show or Bridgestone Arena, it brings a realness to it. I'm reminded of that. I'm reminded that the robe was real that the cross was real, that the whole situation was real. I'm reminded that the crown was real. One of my newer friends in our church messaged me about a week ago and he said, someone gave me a crown of thorns. He said, do you want it? I said, yeah, I do. And in looking at that, I'm reminded that this isn't the blackberry thorns that we have growing in our backyards. This crown of thorns was something It was not just real, but it was devastating. That in just the act of wanting to mock our Savior, they laid this on His head and then they struck it on him like a hat that doesn't fit. And that's, you know, in a moment, you know, like one of those things, it's like, oh, that, that, I can't imagine how much that hurt. It was there all day. It was there all day. Not only was he hanging from a cross, our king wore this crown on our behalf. Why? For us, for our sin, it had to be real. And I praise God today that it didn't end with just a tomb. We're going to continue our service for the time of communion. have a friend, Mo, who's going to come and share a song. I want to ask God to prepare our hearts for a moment as we enter into that time. And if you happen to be here tonight and you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, I would love to talk with you about that before you leave. And I know many others would too. Let's pray together. God, thank you for being real. Thank you for the reminder that this isn't a show that we turn off when we're tired of watching it. Lord, this is a sacrifice that was made for our lives. God, I pray that not only the fact that it was real would stick with us, but God, that we would be reminded of just, Lord, what you were doing for us on our behalf, forgiving us of sin, offering us grace and mercy. Lord, I pray that tonight as we remember the sacrifice that you made for us, God, that you would be glorified. And, God, that you would speak to our hearts and that you would change us and show us what it looks to be even just a little more like you. Thank you for your son, Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.